wanting to go a different direction, but how many know you're never going to win when you twist his arm? He's got a couple more muscles than we do, right? So here we are, and I don't know if I'm preaching to someone here tonight present, or maybe you're uh, watching online. Maybe this is for somebody online, so we're just going to share what the Lord's placed in our spirit tonight. So Psalm 87, uh, 1 through 7, if you're there, say amen. This is a psalm or song of the sons of Korah, so we definitely don't know if we can give it to David or just who. Uh, it was written for the sons of Korah, who were the worship leaders in the tabernacle and temple. So uh, the writer, the author here says, his foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God, Selah. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia, this man was born there. And of Zion, it shall be said, this and that man was born in her. And the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he rideth up the people that this man was born there, Selah. As well, the singers as the players on instruments shall be there. And notice this phrase, all my springs are in thee. All my springs are in thee. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for these moments that we cherish when we come before uh, your throne and we come before with uh, your throne with worship and, and now just spending some time in the word. I pray that you would just uh, equip me and allow me to share tonight what you've dropped in my spirit. And I'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Christ's name. Everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The object of this psalm, a little different maybe than many, but its object was to glorify Jerusalem, which was called Zion in the text, because even... The He chose to meet with his children in a special place, which was Jerusalem. Now, here in this final phrase, uh, the author's implied physical thirst represents a spiritual thirst, which he realizes can be satisfied in Jerusalem only because the presence of the Lord dwelled there. So these many years later, we come to a psalm like this, and this author still gives us a powerful reminder that just as all of his springs are found in God's presence, how many know it's the same with us? Springs in the Hebrew comes from the same word that means fountains and represents 
the source of the resource. Did you get that? The source of the resource. So he is stating that God is the main source of his hope. God is the main source of his joy, of his love, and of his life. So I just have been mulling this around this week when I read it, and I found myself telling the Lord this week, all my fountains are in you. Anybody want to tell the Lord that tonight? Why don't you slip up a hand and just tell him that? Lord, all my fountains are in you. Praise God. You really mean that, don't you? All my fountains are in you. Many years prior to this passage, God revealed himself to Abraham as El Shaddai, which means the all-sufficient one. El Shaddai means that God is our ultimate fountain and source for all physical, spiritual, material, and emotional needs. That's the way he intended it to be. So I want to ask you tonight, where's your fountain? Where is your fountain? In times of need or in stress, where do you go? Where you go is your fountain. You know that? Where are your fountains tonight? Are they in materialistic things? Some have to go shopping when they get stressed. They have to spend some money, right? Oh, come on now. Y'all acting a little sanctimonious on me. Some of them will run to the refrigerator and have to eat some comfort food. Hallelujah. <laughs> some folks, their fountains may be physical fitness. Now that went the other way. For some folks, it's those who are dearest and nearest. For some, their fountain is their occupation. For some, their title, their position. Hmm? For some, it's their family name. For some, it's their reputation. For some, it's the latest motion picture out of Hollywood. Hello. But church, true children of God know the joy of being able to say, all my fountains are in you. Praise God. So let's make a few observations here, and then we'll be done. Number one, observation number one, God is the source of our resources. Oh, church, the financial markets may go up, and they may go down. Family and friends, even church friends, may fail us, but the grace of God will never fail us. The peace of God, which cost 
heaven, the price of coming to earth and dying on the cross, how many know he'll never fail us? His peace flows from him, his inexhaustible fountain of grace. I'm glad I've been there. Somebody tell him all my fountains are in you. And the truth is, we all need sources in our lives. We need sources that we can depend on, right? A source is a supplier of something that we cannot produce on our own. For example, in your house, if you, if you want to be warm during the winter, you need a source of energy, right? That, that gas line coming into your house is one of those sources. Same with electricity. If you don't want to be in the dark, that electric line is a good source of light if it's connected properly. Then there are financial sources, food sources, government sources. Sources make our lives easier. Sources make our lives enjoyable and productive. These sources are subject, though, to shortages, interruptions. How many know they can run short supply? But how many know not so with God our source, if he truly is our supply? David realized that truth in Psalm 23 when he said, The Lord is my shepherd. Quote it with me. I shall not want. He realized God was his supply. He realized that God was the perfect on-time, every-time source. But the personal application is to get to the place where this psalmist had gotten to and consider God as your one and only source by faith. See, if we'll allow him to, how many has found out God will be our source for everything we need? How many's found that out? Most people think that they have to be on their own or be their own source when something bad happens. We've been taught to pick ourselves up, and I know you need to be self-motivated. I can't stand a lazy person. We've got to be able to do that. But listen, yeah, go ahead, dust yourself off. Move on. But when you start doing that with your own efforts spiritually, it becomes this humanistic, deadly thing. Since we all have human limitations, eventually we'll find out what Paul told the church in Philippians 4.19. How many know it's still true for us today? My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And Paul urges us to put our security in something that cannot be taken away from us. And how many know that's Jesus only? Somebody say, that's Jesus. Okay. So, observation number one, we said God is the source of our resources. Number two, observation number two. How many have a job in here? You got a J-O-B? All right. It's good to have a job. I thank God I got a job. But how many know, observation number two, our job shouldn't be our security. 
or AKA, as the psalmist would say, fountain or spring. Yes, our job is a channel, but God is our source. Right? Let me say it again. Your job is a channel, but God is the source of your supply. If your source has stopped working, how many know God can turn on another source? If God closes a door in your life, He can open a window. You just got to kind of crawl through it. God is not limited to our abilities, our capacities. Bank accounts are going to rise and fall. Economies are going to go up and down. Stock markets will swing between the bull and the bear. Yet it's not going to matter. By coming to Christ every day, we can draw from the source of resources. He is the love we need. He is the joy we need. Oh, somebody ought to rejoice. He's the strength you need. He's the healing you need. It's easy to look to people as our source or look to our job as our source. And yes, God uses people. He uses our job to provide for us, but they're, they are not our source. They're simply a resource that the source uses. Right? If you are seeing things other than God as your source, you will be in for a hair-raising ride through your life because if something happens to those other things in your panic, you're going to think, oh no, what am I going to do? My source has been cut off. Listen, no, the source is just fine. God is still on the throne. Uh, somebody ought to help me preach for just a few minutes. Uh, I said the source is just fine. God is still on his throne. And scripture says every good and perfect gift uh, comes down from the Father above. Uh, that good gift may come through people, but it came from God. Your salary may come through your company, but it really comes from your heavenly father because he's the one that caused them to hire you and he's just using them as a resource. That contract may come through a friend, through an inside connection, but it really came from God. That's why you don't have to compromise your convictions to get a promotion in the workplace because people are not our providers. God is our provider. The job is simply a resource he uses to bless you. Now, if you don't understand this, you'll begin to make people your God. Oh, I don't want to get on the supervisor's bad side. I'm not saying go out and offend your supervisor, right? But listen. If this contract doesn't last, if these clients are not good to me, how am I going to make it? You know what you need to do? Take people off the throne. People are not your source. God is your source. Hallelujah. Yes, it's good when people are nice to you. It's nice when they recognize your value, but you don't become, don't become dependent on them. huh? Otherwise, you'll start seeing them as your provider. You need to recognize that behind the resource is the source. Behind the salary, behind the opportunity, behind the favor is a God that has promised, I will supply all your needs. 
Praise God. All right, is that okay? Can I go on? Observation number three. So we need to be grateful for the resource, but we need to keep our eyes on the source. You know, when Peter didn't have money to pay his taxes, poor Pete, I tell you what, I've been there. But Christ told him, go down to the lake, catch you a Lake Erie walleye. Mm, that's Matt's version. That's not KJV. The first fish he caught had a coin in his mouth. And Jesus said, it's going to be enough to pay your taxes and enough to pay mine too. Hello. What, what was the point of that? It's one of the miracles of Christ that really doesn't get a whole lot of attention. One commentator said it's one of the least dramatic miracles that Christ ever performed. So what was the point? Christ was showing Peter, don't get your eyes on one single resource. Because I've got resources everywhere, even out in Lake Erie. Hello. I mean, you guys are going to go fishing this week. I can tell. Might have to drill through the ice. God can use a fish to provide your IRS payment if he has to. If a contract at work comes to an end and looks like you're going to be set, be set back, don't get discouraged. Don't. Don't panic. God has other fish. He has other resources that you've never thought of. Peter never would have thought of finding a coin in a fish's mouth. Right? As long as you're keeping Christ first, you are connected to a supply line. I want to remind somebody that will never run dry. Amen. Praise God. You are not at the mercy of our economy or your boss who, who may like you or may not like you. God has all kinds of resources that he can use. When a door closes and you go through a setback, you remind yourself it's not the resource blessing me anyway. It's the source that's in charge. And the scripture says God's children can prosper even in famine times. The leaf shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Circumstances may change, but the source never changes. I'll raise your hands and give him praise. Praise God. You can be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in times of famine. When there's decrease everywhere else, God's people can experience increase. Hello, church. Broadway Assembly, we've been an example. We've been a testimony to that. Praise God. That's why this psalmist could say all through the day, all my fountains are in you. All my fountains are in you. He was saying, Lord, I recognize you're the source of my life. Yes, this job may give me a paycheck, but you're the real source of my income. Amen. 
Huh? Yes, this company may put me in a good position, but you're the source of that favor. Listen, hallelujah, somebody ought to realize all our fountains are not in the workplace. It's not anywhere but in Christ himself. Amen. How many remember the story of Ruth? Ruth in Scripture, you remember? I mean, her mother-in-law, they were both widows, poor, struggling to survive. And Ruth would go out in the fields once they got back to Bethlehem. And every morning she would pick up the leftover wheat that the workers had missed. And one day, the owner of the field, a man by the name of Boaz, he noticed Ruth. For some reason, he decided to show her favor. He told his workers, leave handfuls of wheat on purpose just for her. And eventually Ruth found out who he was. And Ruth thought it was Boaz just being good to her. The truth was, it was God being good to her. Right? Boaz was the resource, but God was the source. God was the one speaking to Boaz, uh, giving him the desire to favor her. I got to thinking just this week how many times God has spoken to people to bless my wife and I when we didn't even really know them. Hallelujah. I recall when my wife and I was on staff at Figby. Figby, for those online, if you don't know, it's Free Gospel Bible Institute. <laughs> Figby did the best they could for their staff. But I can tell you this. You didn't decide to go to work there for their salary. Hello. It wasn't long after my wife and I had gotten married. We just had normal bills that come with the territory as far as starting a family together. One day we went to the mailbox and there was a $100 check in the mail. That was about a week's salary for us. That was great. But the greatest part was that it was from a full-time missionary who I personally didn't know that well. My wife knew them better. Over time, I got to know them pretty good because it said, we feel to support you guys on a monthly basis because others do that for us. So every month, a missionary wrote out a check, and it would arrive, and we were humbled because we wanted to be the ones supporting them, but instead they were the ones supporting us. For no other reason than the favor of God, right? They were a resource that the source was using. And the longer I live, the more I recognize God's been good to me. How many can say that? Things that I thought were a coincidence, I have come to realize it was from the source. That blessing came from the source all along. Doors that opened that I couldn't open, it wasn't a coincidence, it was the source. I pray that tonight, folks, somebody recognizes the source. You realize you wouldn't have woken up this morning without the source? Hmm? You wouldn't have air to breathe in your lungs without the source? 
Oh, hallelujah. Your eyes wouldn't see without the source. You wouldn't have that person to love without the source. Listen, don't get so caught up in the resources that you forget the source. Huh? It's God working in your life. It's God protecting you from that accident when you didn't even realize it. It was God healing you from that cancer and you didn't listen. Not just the medicine, it's the source. Listen, it wasn't just the chemotherapy. It wasn't just the radiation. It was the source. Listen, when you look back over your life, nothing was a coincidence. There's no such thing as a lucky break for a child of God. Listen, when you thought, oh, listen, you just thought Boaz was being nice to you. Turns out it was the hand of God all along. Praise God. Somebody praise him. <coughs> Praise God. Well, I'm feeling a little better. Don't say that, Pastor. You preach too long when you say that. I just heard somebody think that. In 2 Kings 4, how many remember the little lady? 2 Kings 4, her and her husband were friends of the man of God, Elijah. Within one day, her husband dies. Some time has passed, and now this widow lady doesn't have money to pay her bills. Creditors are coming to take her two sons as payment. Listen, can you imagine the panic and the worry that this little lady experienced? The prophet Elijah came and asks, what do you got in your house? Sister, what do you got in your house? Her first answer was nothing. Nothing at all, preacher. She was saying, Elijah, I'm done. It's too late. The odds are against us. How many know sometimes when we look at what we have compared to what we need, we think a lot like her. We think, I'll never get to accomplish my dream for God. I, I don't have what I need. I'll, I'll never get well enough or I'll never get out of debt. Listen, we look at the circumstances. We look at the medical report. We look at the bank account. We look, but here's the key. The resources may have dried up, but the source is still alive and well. <laughs> Praise God. And so when he, you know, Kept, well, come on, you gotta have something in your house, sister. She finally says, Preacher, I do have one thing. It's really not anything worth mentioning, but I do have a little bottle of olive oil. She thought it's really not worth mentioning. I have this huge debt, and now all I got left is something worth a few bucks. Newsflash don't discount the small things you got. Don't discount the small opportunities God gives you. Don't discount the small gifts, the small income. It may seem small to you, but our source knows how to multiply. Hallelujah. And the scripture says if we have the faith the size of what? A mustard seed. If I had one up here, you wouldn't be able to see it. 
It's one of the smallest seeds. But he says, if you have faith that size, you can speak to the mountain. Praise God. And you'll not only just speak, there'll be some activity take place. It's going to move. Listen, God doesn't expect us to have mega faith all the time. It'd be nice. Hello. It's nice when we can, but God, aren't you glad he's merciful? He knew there would be times like this lady in the text that we would think it's impossible. If you're, listen, if you'll just say, God, all I have is this little bit of oil. All I have is this one little mustard seed. I want you to give it to him and watch what he'll do with it. Elijah told her, go out and I want you to borrow as many containers as you can find. I can see this little lady knocking on door after door, carrying those empty containers back into the house. God saw her faith. God saw her obedience, doing what she was told to do. Listen, when you're in difficult times, don't sit around in self-pity. Do something where God can see your faith. Make plans to get well. Make plans to come out of debt. Gather up some containers because the answer is on the way. Hallelujah. Her neighbors probably started asking, why do you even need these empty containers? You don't have anything to put in them. You, all you have, are you serious? You're going to get my big container when all you have is this little thing? Oh, she answered, I may not have it now, but I know something's on the way. I said, I may not have it now, but something's on the way because the prophet would not have asked me to do it if God was not up to something. Faith began to rise in her heart. Listen, all the circumstances was against her. Friends trying to talk her out of it. Her own thoughts telling her there's no way. Her attitude was, I may not see how this can happen, but I know a secret. God is my source, and he is my provider, and I'm connected to that supply line, and it'll never run dry. Praise God. Elijah said, go in your house, shut the door, and pour that oil into that first container, and you're going to find it'll flow over into the second, the third, and the fourth, and the fifth. It doesn't make sense. What good was it going to do to transfer oil from one container to another? But listen, it'll make all the sense when God sends the reinforcements. Listen, what good is it? God is going to ask you to do something. What you got to do is say, yes, Lord. It's a test. It was a test. And she obeyed. How many here tonight? can say, I'm doing what God's told me to do. Are you being obedient? Are you gathering the containers? Are you pouring the oil? Praise God. This lady could have said, Elijah, I ain't going to do that. That'll be a waste of my time. You know what? If she'd have said that, she'd have missed her miracle. Come on. When she poured the oil into the first container, that oil kept flowing. It kept flowing. She filled the first one, then the second, then the third. It didn't make sense. Where's the oil coming from? The source. 
I said, it's coming from the source. Huh? When you do what God asks you to do, God will do things for you that will not make sense. Hmm? I have seen God come into a situation and show out, show his strength, show his faithfulness, show his goodness. This lady kept pouring in the oil until all the containers were full, and then she went out and set out at the flea market and began to sell them. Hallelujah. She was able to pay all the bills, pay off the creditors, and the Bible says she had more than enough. She had enough to live on. Listen, church, that little bit of oil should have ran out, but God was a supernatural provider. I can see her getting up one morning and writing in her journal and saying, Lord, all of my fountains are in you. Somebody say, all of my fountains are in you. Praise God. Oh, I got to quit. See, she found out God will not only sustain his children, he will give them increase that will defy all the odds. Amen? Hmm. You may have areas in your life you haven't seen much favor. You haven't seen much increase. Seems like those times are permanent. Praise God. Would I, would I be too charismatic to say, get ready. Get ready. Because the flow is about to come. Oh, I feel the flow is about to come. God is about to do something unusual. Praise God. Oh, call me charismatic if you want to. But you, listen, you couldn't have made it happen. The odds were against you. But the source is going to send a supernatural flow. It may look like your dream has dried up, but favor can still flow. You're not going to have to find them. They will find you. The medical report may not look good, but don't feel stuck in that health situation. Receive your healing because it's about to flow. Restoration is about to flow. Strength is about to flow. The joy of the Lord that is your strength is about to flow. One touch of God's favor will take you from famine to flourishing. Praise God. Hallelujah. I feel good. Raise your hands and praise him. Praise God. Woo. Somebody right now, get in agreement with God. Would you do that? Get in agreement with God. Say, Lord, thank you. This job may not be my source. I know it's not my source. You're my source. Lord, I'm grateful for the medicine, but you're my healer. Hallelujah. Lord, I don't see how I can accomplish my calling, but I know that you will make a way when there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Last observation before you can go to Wendy's. God will be your source 
when he isn't your plan B. I said, God will be your source when he isn't your plan B. Matthew 6.33, seek last resort, the kingdom of God. Seek secondary. No, 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 no. Seek first the kingdom. Now, pop quiz. Pop quiz. Don't get nervous. When I was teaching at Bible school, they'd all get nervous when I say, pop quiz. But I want to ask you a question. What do you do when an unexpected expense comes knocking at your door? Hmm? If your first thought, if your mind runs to a natural source, I got to get a loan. I got to, I got to put it on the credit card. Or I got to go see my friend. He's got money. <laughs> if your first thought is to go to that natural source, you just answered my question incorrectly. I'm going to put a big OX on that one. You got it wrong. This doesn't mean you shouldn't have a job and you shouldn't take your job seriously. You should. I'm not saying you shouldn't ever take out a loan because I'm not saying you shouldn't. But it does mean that your first thought when an unexpected expense knocks at your door, you should go straight to God. Why, Pastor? Because he's your source. Hallelujah. Most of us want to believe God is our source, but when it really comes down to it, our actions speak louder than our words. We've been trained by our culture to make natural options our source. So much so, even we rely on them exclusively. Some have fallen for that trap of making God their plan B. Hello? Choosing instead to rely on things like credit card debt, loans, government assistance, a job or employer, Social Security, Medicare. Then when natural means fail, then they fall on their knees and cry out to God for help when all along they've had access to the best plan of all. There's good news for us tonight. God wants us to have everything we need, and he even will meet some of the desires of our heart. But we have to do things his way. I said this means investing all of your confidence and trust in him first, not just when things turn ugly. Listen, anything that bumps God out of being in first position is a code red situation, and it would be like relying on a blow-up raft with a hole in it when you've been invited to board a yacht that's sailing right next to you. Let's get one thing straight, Broadway. You're job, the government, your family, your savings account, your retirement account, your credit cards, those will all fail you, but God, I said God, will never fail you if you make him first priority. Raise your hands and praise him. Woo! Quit treating him like your plan B. Quit doing that. Isaiah said God knows where the hidden riches are found. You know why he knows? Because he's the one that put them there. 
Hallelujah. He's the source, the creator. Somebody say, he's the most high God. Oh, my fountains. Oh, my fountains are in you. Woo. Things may not be flowing in your life right now like you'd like to see. But God knows where all the treasures are. And He knows how to put you at the right place at the right time. He knows not only what you need, but He knows when you're going to need it. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. What am I saying? God has already lined it up. Huh? And before you had a need, He had a source. He's the provider. Amen? Somebody declare right now, all my fountains are in you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Maybe you've been trying it in your own strength. Maybe you've been putting forth your best effort. And that's commendable. You've tried maybe even to get people to help. But tonight it's time to go to the source. Scripture says, call on the name of the Lord. He will answer. Sometimes we call on people, we call on friends, we call on our spouse. But they have limitations. They can only do so much. But when you call on the source, hmm, things can happen that you couldn't make happen. Praise God. Brother Ramey shared with me a testimony yesterday, and I, I hope he'll share it. It's one of these services. We've been praying for him for employment and how God came through. I'm not going to spoil it, but how God came through for him. Just remind me, all our fountains is in him. I said, all of our fountains are in you, Lord. Praise God. Because by ourselves, we will get stuck. But you've got to have some supernatural help. Hallelujah. Because God's unlimited. And the good news is, he wants to help you. He wants to heal you. He wants to take you where you couldn't go on your own. He's longing for you to look to him, for, to be that source. You know, in John, <coughs> I'm going to close here in a minute. John chapter uh, 21, Peter was out fishing with some disciples. And Christ had already been crucified. He had just risen from the dead some days prior. And you can imagine, Peter was still discouraged. Remember that text? He says, well, I go fishing. He goes back to doing what he had done all of his life. The Bible says they toiled and fished all night and caught nothing. Sounds like my kind of fishing trips. But early in the morning, praise God, Christ appears, not in the boat, not on the waters, on the shore this time. Hmm? He was walking along the shore. And he calls out, have you caught anything? And they said, no. And he said, then just cast your nets on the other side of the boat. And you'll have plenty. And when they did that, 
Praise God. They caught enough to have a Broadway fish fry for sure. And instantly, the Bible says Peter, although there was a lot of distance between him and Christ, he recognized that man on the shore was none other than Jesus. He recognized the source. Praise God. He jumped out of the boat. He swam to the shore. And Christ had what he had been working for all night, had it already cooking on the fire, and it was ready to eat. What Peter was trying to catch, Jesus already had it waiting on him. Cooked perfectly, ready to eat. God is saying, what you're trying to accomplish on your own, if you'll just look to me, if you'll recognize I'm your source, you'll see that I have it cooked and already prepared. It's waiting on you. Like Peter, you may have done it in the past. You were good at it. He had made a living at it. But there will be times that God will not let what's worked in the past work any longer. Hello. Because he knows that if it'll always work for you, it's going to become your fountain. It's going to become your source. Huh? God wants us to see him as our source. He wants us to recognize his blessings. But too often, we're striving to make it happen, trying to beat down the door, discouraged because he takes too long. God is saying, though, if you'll come to me, ask me, acknowledge me every day as your source, I'll have it already cooked for you. Praise God. Stand with me. What have you been believing for? Whatever it is, church, God's got it. It's already been prepared. <clears throat> the fish is already caught. Praise God. Oh, you youngins. How about this one? The spouse has already been picked out. Hello. Those searching for a job, the position is already lined up. For those needing healing, your healing has already been purchased at the cross. Praise God. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the fire is lit, the fish is on the grill, and you're about to come to a prepared blessing. What you couldn't do on your own, God is about to make happen. Now do your part, do your part. you got to recognize and say, all my fountains. Raise your hands and tell him that, would you? God, all my fountains are in you. You're my source. Hey, Broadway, would you do me a favor this week? Here's a little homework for you. I'm going to check up on Wednesday night. I want you every morning this week when you wake up, before, you, before your feet touch the floor, would you just slip up a hand and say, Lord, all my fountains are in you. I believe if you'll do that and you start thanking him for being your provider, Lord, I recognize you are the giver of every good thing. 
If you'll do that, I believe God will bring you to a place where you'll realize the fish is already cooked. It's already prepared. Blessings have been already prepared. Why? Because he is truly the fountain of all good things. Father, here tonight, I, like I said earlier, I don't really know who you're talking to. But God, I have a feeling you laid this on my heart for a reason, for a person, God. I pray that you'll minister to them. Lord, help them recognize that all our fountains are in you. You're our source. And Lord, help us, Lord, to solidify that in our hearts tonight as we come around the altars. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say amen. Would you respond to the presence of the Lord? Would you come forward and tell him, all my fountains are in you, Jesus. Hi, welcome to Broadway Assembly Church Podcast. We are excited for you to be joining us today. If you want to get a notification of the most recent uploads, please subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy.